0: you're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church sermon podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today.
1: All right, let's take our Bible to a very familiar passage of scripture. Sometimes I hesitate to use these as the launching pad because you all know them and you know what else can i learn from this passage the armor of god most of you could probably quote most of this ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 wherefore take unto you the whole armor of god that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day are we in an evil day Well, we're in agreement with that. And having done all, remember the contending for the faith we talked about last Sunday? And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Having done all, earnestly contend for the faith. Having done all, all to stand stand be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord Sunday Sunday morning we discovered why we're Baptist you know why we're Baptist because some people had convictions Sunday night, we learned that we're not only Baptists, we are fundamental Baptists. Well, why are we fundamental Baptists? Because someone had convictions. Stop and think about that. This Baptist church would not be here. Some of you who are saved through the ministry of this church would not be saved tonight unless someone who went before us had convictions. So that's what I want to talk about tonight is how to become men and women with strong biblical convictions. By the way, you can have convictions and still be a nice person. Okay, believe it or not. A lot of times fundamentalists are labeled as unloving, but uh, you can be strong in your convictions and be loving as well. We've been talking, uh, Ben's been dealing with how to be an effective leader. Last week I talked about leadership a little bit. I think this is one of the key elements in leadership is becoming men and women of strong biblical convictions. That you can say, follow me as I follow Christ. I mean, why would you want to follow someone who has no convictions? That are wishy-washy, tossed to and fro, carried about. Uh, That's not the kind of person you really want to get behind and follow whether you agree with all their convictions or not. I want someone who I follow to have some convictions. Amen? Amen. The word holding. Hold the fort. Excuse me. Paul wrote to Timothy, hold the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. That has to do with all the New Testament teaching. Hold it fast. Don't let it go. Hold fast. To Titus he wrote, Hold fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. To the Corinthians, therefore, my brethren, be ye what? Steadfast, Steadfast and Kind of reminds me of a statue you know it's just not going to move okay this is where i stand and this is where i'm always going to stand i'm not changing on the truth of the word of god this is where i'm at <clears throat> look at this one in psalms a stubborn and rebellious generation a generation that set not their heart aright and in what way did they not set their heart aright and whose spirit was not what steadfast they, they couldn't be right with god because they wouldn't be steadfast in their convictions with him second thessalonians 2 therefore brethren stand fast and hold the what tradition, tradition. do you know there's some biblical traditions that we need to hold on to hold on to those traditions which ye have been taught whether by word or by epistle. A double-minded man is unstable. unstable. That would be someone without convictions. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I think we have a lot of Christians fall into that category. They that are unlearned and what? Unstable. unstable. They don't have convictions. They rest that word "rest" means to pervert or twist. They twist the scripture. Have you ever noticed someone that doesn't have convictions tries to justify the fact that they don't have convictions? Well, the Bible really doesn't, really doesn't address that. Or, or there, there's a lot of other people who would disagree with you there. You know, they rest, they twist the scriptures for their own advantage, as they do also other scriptures, unto their own what word? Destruction. Destruction. If you do not have convictions in your life and you are unstable, it's going to eventually lead to your own what? To your own destruction or your own ruin. Later I'm going to talk about how convictions literally become a guiding light in your life. If you'll develop convictions, I can't tell you how God will bless you, lead you, guide you, direct you in your life away from these paths of destruction. It's just that, This is what God's word says. This is what I believe. I'm going to live accordingly, no matter what. For now we live if ye, what? Stand fast in the Lord. That we henceforth be no more children. Here we go. What? Tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Obviously, that's a very unstable soul, one that does not have convictions in their lives. Now, I threw this picture up there just to simply say, Christians who are strong have what? Convictions. Christians who are not strong, see where I'm going here? Don't have convictions. I think we all would agree with that. If you have solid biblical convictions and you live according to those convictions as a guiding light in your life, you are going to be a very strong Christian. If you don't have convictions, you're going to become very weak. And again, you're on that path that leads to ruin or that leads to destruction. What is one of my goals as a pastor? To what, Mike? To, develop convictions. to help develop convictions. But can i really make you develop convictions no i can share with you the importance of doing that i can preach those convictions i can try to lead by those convictions but i cannot make you have biblical convictions that's something that you have to decide this is what i am going to do in my life parents can't make their children develop biblical convictions as much as we would like wouldn't we like won't we love to do that parents but, but they have to pick that up themselves. But you see, listen to me. We will never pick it up unless we see the importance of picking it up. And this is where Satan really comes in. He's, he's so clever in deceiving people. If I pick up convictions and I live according to these convictions, it's going to ruin my life. There, there couldn't be anything farther from the truth. So don't be a weak Christian. Say, I don't know, I'm going I'm... to, let me tell you, that, that guy up there, what was that? the guy on the left, that's not me. <laughs> that, that guy worked at it. Right? He, was, he, he wasn't born looking like that. He had to work at it. And let me tell you something, convictions will be tested. And you really have to work at holding fast your convictions. Because Satan is always going to be there trying to pressure you to give up on those biblical values that you have. We see all kinds of pressure now coming against Christ church. And many within Christ church are over here on the right-hand side. They're literally laying down their convictions. Compromise. Touched on a little bit about this on Sunday night. When we were talking about fundamentalism and how those in fundamentalism stood up and said hey we have to take a stand against the compromise that's happening in our churches but i believe we're living in a day and age of great compromise i really believe that we see it in every aspect of life compromise is taking place second thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 says let's let no man deceive you by any means and here we're talking about the return of christ for that day the return of christ shall not come and then it says this this is one of the indications of the last times read it with me except there come a falling away first are we not seeing a falling away from the truth of scripture are we not seeing a day and age of great compromise as opposed to great conviction so that tells me that the coming of our lord is very soon and that that should excite all of us are seeking to raise the standard high for the lord compromise i gave this definition on sunday night to give up something in order to reach an agreement or a desired result let me ask you a question just someone throw it out here what are we giving up as a church in order to get what we think is a desirable result what are we giving up but i know we're giving up some convictions but what are some of the convictions that we are giving up Mike's the only one talking here, and I can't hear. What?
0: The allowing sodomites to be
1: married. Allowing homosexuality to infiltrate the church. I think that's very evident. Someone else, what are some of the things that we're giving up? Drinking. drinking. I'm going to tell you something. When I grew up, drinking was, I mean, it was wrong. You did not drink. Christians did not drink. Now social drinking has become acceptable in many of our churches. Yeah, we've had some good lessons here on on the consumption of alcohol, not not from me but from others. What are some other areas? Dress code. dress code. Boy, have we seen especially if you watch any old television shows which are all that I watch. I don't watch any of this new junk. At all. I like watching all the old stuff, you know the black and white stuff. It is unbelievable the immodesty that we allow. And you know what? because we're trying to raise a standard here in our church especially when it comes to weddings some of our young ladies will not get married in our church because they don't want to abide by the modesty standards which I say fine I don't have to marry you but you know that breaks my heart and I know it's difficult to find a modest wedding dress but what are we gonna do are we gonna cave or are we gonna hold fast to our convictions of modesty Someone else? Rock music. Trace the history of rock music and find out. That, that word rock and roll is an immoral term. You know, so what, what we got now? We got immoral Christian music in our church. We could go on and on. It's not my focus here tonight to keep going in that line. But I think we all can see there used to be a time when. We were were here and we had those, I'll never forget, I mean, it so impacted me in Brother Gothard when he explained, you know, once the world used to be here and the church used to be here. I don't know how many of you remember that illustration. He said the world moved over here and the church moved right here. So what the church once used to see as worldly, carnal, wicked, and sinful, the the church is now participating in. We're just kind of lagging behind the world a little bit you say why is that it's because of that definition we're giving up so we can gain. Listen, you never gain by giving up you always lose every time and the church has lost its power I really believe a lot of you agree with me Sunday night that one of the reasons we're in the fix that we're in in our country is because the church has lost its salt and lost its light because we are the moral conscience of a nation but we cannot be the moral conscience if we don't have convictions can't be so to give up something in order to reach an agreement or desired result. listen to this next to accept standards well that's just your standard pastor you know I will say this if it's the pastor standard for example I have a standard that when you get up here on the platform to minister that the ladies wear modest dresses to the knees or lower and that the men are suitable and wear a tie I'll tell you this when I went to college you had to wear a shirt and tie you know why that was is because it sets the atmosphere Instead of just a casual atmosphere it sets the atmosphere okay don't you think the Lord should have our best and I'm not saying that if you wear a modest dress that you're more spiritual than someone else not necessarily or if you wear a tie you're more spiritual than someone else. I hate ties. I don't like them. But it's our culture. It's our dress-up culture. See, we need to think about these things that that was used to be so common and so accepted. Um, the other day, I was wa- early in the morning. I was watching Newsmax to see what was going on, and they they were doing something about the Queen. And they were going way back. I mean, she was like a teenager. It was the old, you know, reel-to-reel type of thing. And, and uh, I don't know how, I, I, I didn't remember this before, but her sister, the princess, got divorced. Do you remember that? She got divorced, fell in love with another man, wanted, wanted to marry this other man. The queen wanted her to be happy, but the culture said, uh-uh, divorce is wrong. You don't divorce. And so the queen was caught in a... I con- uh, 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 um, can't think of the word. Con- what? Yes, yeah, controversy there. And so wanted her sister to be happy, but at the same time, all the society said that divorce was wrong. Think of where we have come from since then when it comes to the area of marriage. I'm sorry... Marriage is till death do us part. It always will be. It always has been. It ain't going to change. So that tells me something. You better When you say I do, you better you better realize you done did. That's it. And you better make sure that that's God's choice. You better have, listen, you better have your parents' approval. You better have your pastor's approval. You better make, you, I mean, you nail it down 100% this is the will of God That's right. to give up something in order to reach an agreement or desired result to accept standards that are lower than desirable in order to achieve an outcome what kind of outcome do we want to achieve we want to have more people coming we want to be more attractive to the world We don't want to deal with sin and drive people away. Listen to this. The blending qualities of two different things. You cannot blend the world and the church. They never intended to be blended. Remember the book of Acts? The church was so righteous and so holy. The Bible says no man dared join himself to the church, but the Lord multiplied his church. Isn't that something? No one I don't want to be identified with those people. They're too holy, they're too godly, they're too righteous. And that the church exploded. So it's not that we have to become like the world to reach the world, that's compromise. How many have ever listened to Adrian Rogers? And he's gone to be with the Lord here a few years ago. Powerful preacher. I'm like, man, I wish I could preach like these guys. But this is what he said. He has all kinds of little sayings like that. You're like, where does he get these from? But he said this, better to die with conviction than to live with compromise. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? Better to die with conviction than to live with compromise. Courage and conviction in an age of compromise. That's what it's going to take. But if you read through the book of Acts, you'll find one word mentioned over and over again. It's the word boldness. Boldness, boldness, boldness. So I ask you, are you a person of boldness? Are you willing to stand up for what is right? How I many were here Sunday morning? I, I, I struggle Sunday morning. I, I mean, I struggled in delivering Sunday morning's message. I felt we nailed it Sunday night, but Sunday morning I felt, man, I could have done that a whole lot better. But the Anabaptists, because of their convictions based upon the Bible, their conviction about salvation, their conviction of baptism, their conviction of separation, their conviction on how the church should be run were slaughtered by the thousands. I wonder what would happen tonight if some armed arm guards came in through the doors of the church. Uh, they, they wouldn't because we got a security team out there, and that would be interesting. But let's say they did. Some armed guards came in and lined us all up here in the front. And started to list some biblical teachings and biblical commandments. And saying to you, are you going to continue to embrace those? If not, you're going to die. What would you do? I know I'm not even going to get here. To, I can't believe I'm not going to get here tonight. Because I thought this would really be a short one tonight. But we're going to get there next week. The teens I think the teens have next week, don't they? Someone, teens, you got next week? So the week after. The Ten Commandments are really the basis of our convictions. And so when we, when we come back to that lesson, we're, we're going we're to dissect the Ten Commandments and how each of the commandments should provide convictions by which we all live. Now, what, do, what, what have we seen in the recent past and in the present concerning the Ten Commandments? Taking them out of what? Taking them out of courthouses, taking them out of schools, government. Why do you think, listen to me, why do you think Satan wants to get rid of the Ten Commandments? Why? It's the underpinning of society. It's the convictions, the standard. It's, it's what builds strong people, strong families, strong churches, strong nation. It's our underpinning. And yet, I wonder how many of us could even name all 10 of the commandments. I mean, right now, if I ask you to write down the 10 commandments, how many of them could you get? And yet they are to form our convictions. Stand fast, hold fast, don't be moved. It's a message repeated throughout the New Testament. I love this passage of Scripture. This is the old man discipling the young man. Paul's son of the faith. Listen to what he said. The things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to what kind of men? faithful man you cannot be a faithful man you cannot be a faithful woman you won't be without convictions commit thou to faithful men i think what paul was saying to timothy and timothy knew it. he said you find men who have convictions and you pour your life into those men and then those men can pour their lives into other men Commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Abraham. How many would say Abraham was a faithful man? But he wasn't always faithful. Abraham really messed up, didn't he? What should his conviction have been? I will wait on the Lord. He promised me. He made a promise to me that he would give me a son by Sarah I do not have to do an immoral act and take Hagar and have a son by her I don't have to do that that's a compromise the reason I put Abraham up here because we all said that this is a man of conviction but he he wasn't always a man of conviction so that tells me that you can become a man and woman of conviction (coughs) So what it says here in Romans 4 and verse 20, he staggered not at the promises of God. Now, wait a minute. There was a time when he staggered big time. But he staggered not. That meant he was what? A man of conviction. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I'll tell you, one one thing that convictions will do, they'll strengthen your faith, especially when those convictions are being tested. I'll, I'll throw this one out. We'll get to it when we come back. How does remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy? How does that become the conviction of a person's life? Huh? When they're looking for a job. I will not take a job that I have to work on the Lord's day. Even if I starve to death, I will not take a, a job where I have to work on the Lord's Day. And we find so many. I mean, the Lord's Day is just about like any other day to the world now, right? Some of you are old enough to remember you better get gas Saturday because there were, gas stations were not open on Sunday. I, I remember that. I mean, I was little but I remember I remember hearing my dad saying you know we better go to the grocery store tonight because you couldn't go to the grocery store on Sunday that's how it used to be when our country had convictions but somewhere along the line we let up but he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief but was strong in faith Giving glory to God. Our goal in life is to glorify the Lord. Yes or no? What do we do in word or deed? Do all to the glory of God. Cannot glorify Him without having basic biblical convictions. Ten Commandments Thou shalt not steal. What happens when you don't tithe? What does the Bible say? You have robbed God. And yet, how many of God's people have an absolute conviction, I'm going to tithe no matter what? See, that's what I'm telling you. I mean, we're going to get more into this in 10.2. For I know him. This is Abraham. Do you believe that Abraham would take Isaac, put him on the altar? This is such an amazing story because Abraham is an old, old, old man. How old was he when Isaac was born? He was 100 years old. He's an old man. Isaac's probably a young scrapping teenager. I remember when I used to pin my boys on the ground, and then I remember when they pinned me, and we stopped. (laughs) You know, Isaac, this is amazing. Isaac allowed his father to do that. You know why? Because his dad had convictions. He trusted his dad. What an example of leadership. For I know him that he will command his children after, and his household after him. man of conviction follow my convictions someone said what parents do in moderation their children will do in excess boy is that not true Amen. and they shall keep the way of the lord to do justice and judgment Taste convictions that the lord may bring upon abraham that which he hath spoken of him think of all of our young couples in the church here How many are husbands here? Okay. Every one of us, especially the Wednesday night crowd, every one of us know that we're to be the spiritual leaders of our home. Well, we all know that. Are you the spiritual leader of your home? Maybe the reason your home is in such disarray is because you have not stepped up to the plate and really developed a relationship with God. And you can say to your family, follow me as I follow Christ. But we know that. God established the husband's leadership. God created man first and gave him the task to perform and then he created the woman. I will make him, excuse me, I will make him and help meet for him. God made Shelley for me. To do what? To drag me down or to help lift me up? to help lift me up, to help support me. So thankful for a supportive wife. Getting behind their husband. The Hebrew word for help means to aid or assist. Eve was to aid and she was to assist. She was to get behind Adam and help him develop in his relationship with the Lord and with his convictions and encourage him. Good job, Adam. Boy, she failed, didn't she? She helped tear him down she actually encouraged him to go against his convictions. And he did. That shows you the influence a wife can have upon her husband. Let me tell you something, wives. Always support the convictions of your husband. If you're a dating couple, and the person you're dating is not supporting your biblical convictions, watch this. Bye-bye. Adam and Eve being expelled from the garden. Why? Because he did not stand fast to his convictions. Under the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. She thought she was going to gain by giving up, by making a concession. Did she gain? See, that's the lie. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall what? Rule over thee. Headship is established by personal convictions. You want to establish that headship in your home where your family is going to respect you, may not always agree with you. Matter of fact, sometimes they will downright argue with you, but they'll respect you. Because of your convictions. Sometimes having convictions means that you have to stand alone. Gary, it was quite some time ago you brought a pastor to the church here on a Wednesday night. Got ousted from his church. Because he had some convictions he will not let go of. I want to tell you something. Sometimes it will cost you to hold fast to your convictions. Of course, if you don't know those pictures, you don't know your Bible very well. When did Daniel develop these convictions to where he was willing to be thrown in the den of lions? As a teenager. As a teenager. Are you a teenager where someone says, hey, take a drag on this or vape this or snort this or drink this or come with us here? Read Psalm chapter 1 sometime. As a teenager, Daniel stood up and said, no, I will not defile myself with the king's meat or nor will I drink the king's wine. And those convictions stayed with him to where when he became an old man and the king said, you can't pray, Daniel said, oh, yes, I can. And he made his prayer very public so everyone could see. (sighs) Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. Dare to make it known. Conviction or preference? What do you live by? What is a conviction? A conviction is a basic scriptural scriptural knowledge, truth, principle, doctrine, morality, which we purpose to follow whatever the cost. Whatever the cost. The Anabaptists. Can you, can, how were they martyred? you remember? By the thousands they were what? They were burned. They were beheaded. They were drowned. Well... History doesn't say that about them. It does say that in Hebrews chapter 11. Burned at the stake. Do we get that one? Hung. Mass hangings. Could you imagine a mass hanging of this church? For every man and woman is taken out in public and hung because we would not give up our convictions. you really stop and think about it. Hasn't freedom made us soft? We always thank God for the freedoms that he's given us to come and to assemble together, but you didn't have to have convictions to come here tonight. What is a preference? A preference is the first choice a person would make in a given situation, but not the only choice. Well, I prefer, but... I think many of us live by preference and not conviction. Now it's my preference, I'll tell you which one I'm going to be chomping on up there. (laughs) But my wife is into this uh, intermittent fasting and she has lost so much weight, I'm telling you, I see her constantly having conviction she's not going to eat that stuff anymore. I encourage her. (laughs) The difference between a conviction and a preference, a conviction doesn't change. They can become stronger, but you, you don't give up on your convictions. A preference will change. A conviction will be seen in your daily life. A preference may or may not be seen a conviction will be consistent. Obviously a preference will vary. Steadfast. I mentioned this when we first started. As I look back over my life now and see the convictions, a lot of the convictions I have because I was taught them by my father who taught me them out of the Bible. but they have been a guiding light in my life. I don't do this. I don't go there. I do do this. I do, do go there. I don't, I do. I do, I don't. And most of those are based upon my convictions. A guiding light. Thy word is a what? Lamp unto my feet. It is a, light unto my path make the Bible your sole authority of life and practice does anybody remember where did we get that from the Anabaptist our sole authority is the word of God in our life in our practice in our church it's the word of God you want you want to recant to that preacher nope to the gallows. You know, I I just think they had to have set their heart on a city whose builder and maker was God. Wow, that's two weeks in a row that I've ended before eight o'clock. You can tell it's not my conviction, it's my preference not to. Obviously, we don't have time to look at the Ten Commandments. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. Thinking about all we've just said about convictions and preference, convenience, convictions. Take some time these next two weeks to go through the Ten Commandments and say, how how can these Ten Commandments become the very foundation of
0: my convictions? You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you.